Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. This week we're sharing how you can thrive in your relationships, even when you often struggle to manage anxiety. Before we begin, I'd like to say a big thank you to Charlotte, Liz, Sylvia, and Deborah for supporting our show. They've all become patrons, and we invite you to join them. If you're interested in becoming a patron, visit patreon.com slash anxiety slayer for over 200 anxiety relief downloads. We also have a free membership option where you can get some of our guided relaxations. Hey, Ananga, it's good to be with you again for another week of Anxiety Slayer. Hey, Shen. I'm glad that we're talking about how we can thrive even when suffering with anxiety and how to navigate anxiety in relationships. As we both know, anxiety is a constant companion for many people and can become really challenging within our relationships, whether it be the fear of rejection, the dread of abandonment, or the gnawing insecurity that can cast a shadow over love and the connection that we crave. It's there. It, it feels so very real. But amidst this turmoil and concern, there are definitely opportunities for growth, for understanding, and for an even deeper connection with our loved ones. Yeah, I think this is a really important conversation as we go through looking at the ways anxiety can affect our relationships, but also the gifts that can come with anxiety that sometimes when we're caught in the experience and the coping of anxiety, we can overlook those. I think it's really important to unearth the gold that's there in connection. I have an example of the gold. I'll keep it brief. I had to have some dental surgery and I was pretty anxious about it. If you were to give me a, a scale of one to 10 on what does Shan get anxious about, it would be anything medically related. <laughs> and my husband knows this, and he was just so incredibly supportive. And it was easy for me to say, hey, this is what's going on, and ask for what I needed, and for him to just show up in the, in the most loving way he could, and to realize that I might be a little bit jangly or a little unlike myself before and after. And he was just there to, and supported me so beautifully. And it's because he knows. And because over the years, these are things that we've talked about. And it's one of the ways that he supports me. And one of the ways that I can help him support me is by being thoroughly honest about what's happening and, and what I need. Yeah, really good example. and. It's very beautiful, the care that we receive from our loved ones when we are able to communicate and honor our needs. That's honoring our needs when we say, this is challenging for me. And to also allow acceptance that we all go through things in life that are challenging. No one's exempt from anxiety. So nice to be able to state what we need and, and receive that care. And we're talking about how Anxiety can affect our relationships. And we're going to start with the way it can gnaw away at us and then move into how to help that and how to look for more gold, more gold in the connection. 
heightened anxiety can cause us to second guess in relationships that can look like replaying events and conversations after we've had them. Sometimes we can do that for a long time over and over. Did I say the wrong thing? Did I offend somebody? Did I not give a good account of myself? All kinds of dialogues we can have. I think most of our listeners will be familiar with some of those internal conversations we run. We might doubt ourselves. We might feel in need of reassurance. And also, it's common to retreat into your own experience and feel disconnected from others. Sometimes when we're living with anxiety, we can almost feel like we're in our own world with our own experience. And it's hard to extend beyond the boundaries of that to connect with others because we're feeling and seeing things in quite a heightened state of of arousal. So that can also be a challenge. I also find that it's sometimes hard to be present with others and to be in connection as if it would be better to stay away and better to not be present, which is really not the case. It's That's just, again, your mind playing a bit of a trick on you that you're better off alone. Mm. And the irony there, and we'll talk about this more later, the irony there is India's ancient science of life. Ayurveda teaches that connection, warm connection, really helps our nervous system and it really helps when we're struggling with anxiety. There's nothing like a genuine conversation, a hug, a laugh, feeling heard to put us at ease is really what we need. So when we're feeling like that and we're retreating, we're, we're withdrawing from the very thing we need. It's very easy to do, but good to try and lean in and connect. This might be a good time to discuss how anxiety can impact communication and intimacy and trust. If we're protecting ourselves or if we've cordoned ourselves off to work through whatever it is that we're experiencing, this can really impact our relationships in in a big way, whether that mean it's hard to make eye contact or to be in a space of really letting our walls and barriers down, feeling like we don't want to burden others, we don't want to burden the people that we love or upset them. This is also where you can get really quite easily overwhelmed in conversation. And you might find yourself talking really fast, really rapidly to just get on the other side of what it is you're trying to convey. Just know this is okay. This happens. This is, this is part of the puzzle that we're untangling to get to the thriving point so that you know that it's okay. It's all right. These things feel a bit uncomfortable. You're, you're doing the best you can in the moment. Yeah. Again, this is somewhere where Ayurveda offers some insights, which I'd like us to explore in more depth on our Patreon. But Ayurveda teaches that anxiety affects our speech. It can definitely make us speak rapidly, go over things and uh, fill in the gaps and feel extra talkative. That is a trait of heightened vata. We often talk about vata on the show and the vata energy makes for rapid speech. Let's lay out some of the common triggers of anxiety in relationships, some of the patterns that come up for all of us. And again, this ties back into insecurity, 
fear of abandonment, uh, past trauma. This is where it's the most healthy to consider the environment where you spend time with others. For example, if you're really sensitive to noise, or if noise sensitivity is an issue, consider meeting somewhere nice and quiet. Sometimes if you're tired or hungry or overstimulated, this can add to the challenges in our relationships. We, we joke in my house that, you know, as soon as I get a bit crunchy, it's like, okay, have you eaten yet today? <laughs> Give mom something to eat. She's about ready to tip over. And it, the same thing with somebody who's tired or hungry. And if you can identify that both within yourself personally by saying, you know what, honey, I realize I'm really tired today and I want to be mindful of, of what's coming out of my mouth uh, and then get some rest or, oh my goodness, I, have, I haven't eaten in hours. It's before I take this any further or blow this up anymore, I need to get some food in my body. Yeah, all comes back around to being mindful, being mindful of the things that affect us. You know, sometimes you hear somebody's irritable or short-tempered with another, and then they'll come back and they'll say, hey, I'm sorry, I was, I was hungry, I was overtired, or this happened earlier and I was more stressed about it than I realized and I vented on you. That same thing applies in anxiety in relationships. It just manifests differently. So if we can be aware of that and think, you know, if I'm mixing with other people or I'm going to, to a gathering or I'm trying to spend quality time with this person, let me just check in and make sure I've done some self-care, I'm hydrated, I've eaten. Have I just taken care of the basics that are going to support me in showing up, feeling as relaxed and present as possible? Because sometimes we'll have an exchange with somebody and afterwards we think, I don't feel comfortable about how that went. And we might realize it had very little to do with them at all and more to do with how we were feeling. Most often, I think. Yeah. And you and I have had this policy together forever, for as long as we've been friends and we've been working together, that if we're sideways, we defer our conversation, we reschedule, we try and show up when we're in good shape for each other. And I think that's a really good policy. Yeah, it's a kindness. To all concerned. To all, right. How do we recognize patterns of anxious behavior and thought processes? Uh, I think often we're very aware of them. We're very aware of our anxious thoughts. Sometimes we're hyper aware. Our mind is just really chewing over them. But we're not always so aware of how that informs our interactions with others or our behavior. So as we've been saying a lot in recent weeks, I think it's helpful to slow down, keep a journal, notice cause and effect, notice what helps you, notice what challenges you, and factor that in with your relationships. And this is where professional support can also be helpful. If you notice or you might have these patterns, and, and I mean this without self-judgment, but these patterns that kick up in situations where you feel extraordinarily stressed or overwhelmed or feel like you have an anxiety attack coming on. This is where we can make changes. We can get the professional support we need to identify what's happening and how 
it's kind of like a puzzle piece when you can kind of helicopter out of what's happening and look at it and go, oh, wow, when this happens, I tend to behave this way or I tend to react this way. What if I were to lean in and make some different choices and, and did so with support? Yeah. Sometimes we can feel so entangled in our anxiety that we're not able to see clearly how it's affecting us or we might know that there's things we want to change and there's things we're uncomfortable with, but we can't see the wood for the trees. And I think that's where therapy, counselling, professional support is so helpful to have that safe, non-judgmental, impartial person where you can just lay it all out. And it doesn't have to make sense to us because it's their job to help us set it out with some clarity. And it's a wonderful gift to give to ourselves to have that help. It is because often somebody outside of our regular daily patterns can see something so clearly that we can't see. And having had the experience that, that, that they have will really help improve how you communicate effectively with your loved ones, with your friends and family. Yeah, I think having clarity is a powerful antidote to anxiety, and that's definitely something that can come with with therapy, with talking with someone. And it's important to bring forward. It's not always easy to share. And yet, at the same time, if you ask for permission to share, you'll get a really clear idea of quite quickly of how that other person feels about being in that position with you, because sometimes it can be quite emotional and heavy and something other than how you normally show up and communicate. And by asking for permission, it puts that person in the, in the driver's seat to say, you know, I really want to support you, but right now I need to be heading over to wherever to do whatever. Um, can we talk later? Yeah. And then know that you're going to be able to talk later, but to give somebody an invitation to support you versus just spilling everything out. Versus an expectation. Right, right. I'm so glad you brought that up. And that's something I've learned from you. And you will always say, do you have the bandwidth to have a conversation about this? Or, you know, do you have the bandwidth to hear me out on something? And I think that's such a wonderful way of conducting a relationship because if we're really anxious and we do just splurge on somebody else because we need, to, we need to speak and we're not meeting them in a good place, that's not good for either of us. So that's going to increase our anxiety if we get a negative pushback from the other person um, because they might not be in a great place on that day. We're all dealing with stuff. And with anxiety, anxiety will say they didn't hear me, they don't care about me, or I'm too much, I'm too high maintenance. Anxiety will find something more anxiety-inducing to say about it when it might simply be they had a headache, they had a sick kid off school, they had to rush and pick up something from the pharmacy. It could be a million things that are going on in our life, but anxiety will project an issue where there often isn't one. So I think that's a really good point that you raised to just ask, you know, do you have the space to hear me out for a few minutes? This episode of Anxiety Slayer is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
The common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be healthy. Often the best connections happen when both people are open to doing the work to make the relationship healthy. And therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, people at work, your significant other, or anyone. Seeking professional support when needed is a sign of strength, not weakness. And therapy can provide invaluable tools and insights for managing anxiety in relationships helping us break free from destructive patterns and cultivate healthier connections. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash slayer. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of asking for permission to speak about something that's got us feeling extra anxious. And now we're going to move into how to build some resilience and some of the coping mechanisms you can use when you're feeling like you need some extra support. Building resilience really starts with self-care, doesn't it? Starts with self-compassion, noticing what's going on for us and noticing where we might like to make change rather than feeling held hostage by anxious thoughts that are telling us there's something wrong with us, we're not doing something right, or we're always going to be this way, whatever the negative dialogue is, to switch that and look for the opportunity to change. The more comfortable and more present we are with ourselves, the more comfortable and present we can be with others. And that can be, again, as practical as making sure we're well-rested, fed, but also that we're, we're taking care of our emotional health, that we're being careful what we put in our head, being careful what we take on, and uh, giving ourselves some space. It's such a gift to kind of scan yourself at any given time or multiple times. Wait, you know, where am I at right now? It goes back to that, how do I feel and what do I need? and then to show up and give yourself what it is you need or be mindful of what it is you don't need. Mm. And then you can be in a position of so much more peace because you, you, you said no thank you to that cup of coffee because you could tell that you're already feeling a little zippy or you said, uh, yes, please, to meeting in a quieter coffee shop than the one you would normally like to visit. And rather than having that zippy coffee, having some chamomile tea or, or something warm, but it really becomes about the friendship and camaraderie versus what you're putting in your body. But it's, it's little, it's these little micro decisions that we make. Uh, I'll be going to a shiatsu session soon and knowing what to wear on the table is really important so that I'm not going to be too warm, that I'm going to be comfortable, that I'm going to go in there free of any distractions to the best of my ability. We just really kind of take that inventory Mm. and then that curiosity is 
everything because, okay, how am I doing? What do I need? All right. And then where is my friend at? What does he or she need? What's going on in their world? And am I available to be in relationship with them right now? Because sometimes we say yes to things or, or to getting together with another person or to being social when it may not be the best choice, but we do it because we feel like we need to, we have to, we owe it to them, or, or we, whatever the thing we do is to kind of guilt ourselves into some of these decisions. Now, earlier I said how important it was to be with other people. It is, but there's also that time when you check in and you know that it might not be the best choice today. Is this something we might be able to do later in the week or at another time? Or sometimes it's a matter of having them come to your home and just being able to rest in your environment while enjoying their company. Yeah. So to know we've got options to have flexibility, anxiety can make things feel inflexible. Anxiety is very black and white. And I think it's helpful to look for that. Look for generalizations that the mind makes. It's always going to be like, like this. They're always like that. They always say this. Look for negative generalizations and then question them. You know, is that really true? Is, you know, always, is it always that way? Seeing where we can have some flexibility and fluidity. And also to bring curiosity and in connection with others. We don't always feel comfortable having attention on us when we're feeling anxious. One thing that can really help when we're mixing with other people is to bring in curiosity as an interest in them. Ask them, how you're doing? What are you reading? You know, find some questions to ask others, which helps us show up at our best and deepens connection with others and it stops our mind spinning over on itself and dragging up unwelcome thoughts so to use curiosity as a a, a genuine way to connect and show interest in others and take the eyes off us if we're not feeling comfortable with that and people love to share stories about themselves and they often feel like they have a much deeper connection with you when you are interested in what's going on in their life and what's going on with their children or their job or their travels or uh, things that you are probably genuinely interested in. So there's that two for there where you don't have to have the focus be on yourself and you get to, to know more about what's happening in this person you care for in their life and and what's going on. And then that might grease the wheels a little bit for you to share a little bit more once they've done some of their own storytelling. Mm, yeah. As we look to embrace connection amidst anxiety, please remember that there's such a beautiful potential for growth and intimacy within your relationships, no matter what kind of anxiety you're wrestling with. And you can make choices that are going to kind of ease the way for yourself, looking for exchanges and activities that don't spark anxiety. Perhaps you're going for a walk, you're sharing a yoga class. You can 
really be in the space of finding ways to be with people you care about while not feeling overstimulated or under the spotlight or having to spend too much nervous energy because you're doing something that you enjoy. Yeah, in a way that supports connection. So everyone wants connection. And very often the things we consider socially normal, they don't bring connection. Somebody might go and see a movie with friends, but you're not with your friends. You're sitting next to them, but all attention's on the screen. So being able to go for a walk or a cup of tea together in a quiet environment or go out into nature somewhere, be in a book group, whatever it is that helps you feel connected and to have safe and genuine exchanges with others, sometimes that's good for them too. And they feel more connected and more heard. It, it can really enhance relationships. And I think that's an important point. When we're talking about anxiety, not damaging our relationships or disturbing them, but actually it can bring more awareness and opportunities for deeper connection and enhanced relationships. Especially when there's an honest dialogue about what's going on and being brave and being in a space of saying out loud, right now this environment's making me feel very uncomfortable. Can we move ourselves somewhere else, what, whatever it might be, instead of just kind of stiff upper lip and, well, it'll be okay and it'll be over soon, while the whole time you're focusing on the things that are uh, making you a little bit fizzy when you really want to be focusing on somebody that you care about. It's important to discuss strategies for strengthening your bond with your friends and your partners for the people who know and love you the most, they know who you are. And it's okay for you to be very open about what's happening. And sometimes it leads to humor. Uh, so many times, at least in my experience, because we realize that some of the things that come up seem absolutely outrageous or silly or whatever, but they are what they are. And, and we roll with it because we know each other and love each other. Yeah. Those that suffer with anxiety can bring so many gifts to relationships too. And they do tend to be very creative people, interesting people, very funny. Again, Ayurveda gives insights into this, this vata type. They're very witty, beautifully creative, very sensitive people. They can be great to talk to and extremely funny. So to know our gifts as well and know what we can bring. And in that regard, I do have a book recommendation, which is by Dr. Nicole LaPera, who you can find on Instagram. She gives excellent teaching examples and information. And she recently published a workbook called How to Meet Yourself, the workbook for self-discovery. And I've really enjoyed, I haven't completed the workbook, but I have it here on my desk and I've flicked through some pages and done some exercises. And it's all about noticing how we're affected by things, our strengths, looking at patterns, all kinds of information, things we can learn, learn about ourselves, appreciate ourselves, support ourselves. So going back to Building Resilience, that's a great book to have and spend some time with. And as we wrap today, I think it's important to bring forward, again, the invitation to seek professional support and to normalize the idea of seeking therapy or counseling for anxiety in relationships. 
Therapy can provide a safe place for you to share and explore feelings and challenges, to receive validation and to learn coping skills. And you're doing this together with someone you love. Normalize that. It's okay to seek therapy if you need some extra help. And we invite you to prioritize your mental health. Put it at the top of the list and seek support whenever needed, whether that be with somebody at BetterHelp or someone that you're already working with. Therapy can really help you define your strengths and explore your challenges. There is so much potential for growth and healing within your relationships, even amidst anxiety. If you want to receive more anxiety support, you're welcome to visit our Patreon, where you can get a deeper dive into some of the topics we cover, as well as over 200 downloads, including all of our guided relaxations. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can learn more at patreon.com slash anxietyslayer. Thanks for listening.